Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hour two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program on the clock and on TV. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Thank you so much for being here with liberty and justice for all. Now, if you think about those words that we say on this program every day, it isn't complicated. Justice should be about facts, not about bias, not about politics, not about covering up for corruption, not about animus, not about greed, not about jealousy. If justice is truly to be blind... It has to be based on facts, not facts that you make up, not facts that come from a dossier, not manufactured hearsay stories, facts. Facts don't care about feelings. Facts are facts. For the Supreme Court to weigh in on this presidential immunity case, The Supreme Court needs to rely on facts. Did Donald Trump, in fact, incite an insurrection? Is he guilty of what thousands of people did? Is there innuendo? Are there dots that can be connected that ought not be, that have been? Is he guilty of doing something which precludes him from being president again? Facts should lead us to justice. But what we are hearing is a lot of voices who want you to who want you to think that they care about facts, but who are political bias, their political bias, their tendencies are so flagrantly obvious you can't put them back in the bag. So let's start with the headline. CNN, 
Supreme Court to decide Trump immunity claim, further delaying election subversion trial, further delaying election subversion trial. We're all going to get on the same page here, okay? All these indictments, every single one of them, it's about eliminating his candidacy, making him unelectable, whether it's by law or it's by public decision sullying the persona of Donald Trump and every single time they've tried they've made him more popular every single thing they've thrown at him has backfired and their plan is very obvious and their cards are now on the table it is desperation time to stop Trump at any cost if that means breaking the law if that means perjuring yourself, if that means committing a treasonous act, if that means jeopardizing the entire safety of this country for that one rabid goal, so be it. I'll read you the first couple paragraphs and we'll bounce over to some sound because you need to hear how the media are covering this. If I were under indictment, I would want careful scrutiny of facts. I wouldn't want some timetable that we need to meet. So we have to hurry through stuff so that we get to a desired end. That's not how justice works. The Supreme Court agreed Wednesday to decide whether Donald Trump may claim immunity in special counsel Jack Smith's election subversion case, adding another explosive appeal from the former president to its docket and further delaying his federal trial. The court expedited the case and will hear arguments the week of April 22. Now, if it's liberty and justice for all, you shouldn't have people on the left asking for the justices to hit the gas pedal. Things should play out the way they must, but this is all a game. And it's not a game when it's your life that dangles in the balance. And it's not a game when when you're one of the political prisoners who gets snarled by this and thrown away in prison forever. And it's not liberty and justice for all if it's somebody you love whose life is snuffed out by people who are so rabid to destroy Trump that they put all of us in danger. I want you to hear the sound. MSNBC. Host is Ari Melber. Guest is Andrew Weissman, former special counsel in the Mueller probe. This guy is, by all accounts, from what I can tell, a leftist activist. He's not a lawyer. He's not acting as one here. He is acting as a panicked operative of the left, desperate to see a conviction by November 5th of 2024. Not because of liberty and justice for all, but because exactly what Hunter Biden said in his opening statements. I want you to hear this exchange. Number one. We have to understand that this case is meant solely to damage Trump before the election. Question, isn't the high court helping Donald Trump delay this case? This is the question from Ari Melber to Andrew Weissman. Go. 
Bottom line, isn't this the Supreme Court rewarding the delay tactics and really legitimizing and affirming a, a schedule that ultimately could mean Donald Trump doesn't face trial uh, by November and thus got a kind of immunity in practice, if not in precedent? Ari, you're supposed to be somewhat unbi unbiased, right? You're, you're supposed to be presenting us information. Isn't the high court helping Donald Trump? Isn't that what this is all about? Isn't it a bunch of conservatives on the bench? And all they want to do is help Donald Trump, and this is what, what they're doing? Can you see that? What a, what a question. But the answer, to me, is even better and more affected. Here's Andrew Weissman. Go. What I am very concerned about is a Supreme Court where there are at least five votes that say there is no presidential immunity, uh, but... They take so long in making that decision that they are giving de facto immunity so that they write some, you know, some opinion for the ages with beautiful language about the presidency is not above the law. And this is what the role of the Supreme Court is, et cetera, et cetera. But the effect of that decision is with respect to the one and only instance of a president, you know, committing alleged to have committed criminal acts. They are taking so long. The high court is that they are essentially giving Donald Trump immunity from facing this case before Election Day. And damn it, we can't sully his reputation if they don't hit the gas. These are the same people who won't respond to congressional freaking subpoenas. These are the same people who miss deadlines, not by days, not by weeks, but by months. These are the people who stonewall, who slow walk, who lie, who deflect, who smoke screen, all of it. And they're ticked off that the Supreme Court isn't jumping into overdrive for them. Don't you realize we're on a timetable? This is your left-wing media. Audio soundbite number three. It's all about the calendar, ladies and gentlemen. MSNBC's put together this overlay for you. Here you go. It's a full screen graphic. And they're going to say, look at all these cases. All of them have got to try to hopefully land before November 5th. They tell you exactly what their point is. Destroy the name, the brand, and make unelectable Donald Trump. Let's get into that yeah. calendar math. I have uh, all the trials up on the screen because we've been updating this for viewers and the <laughs> Some of them, the ones in yellow, uh, aren't even currently likely to happen soon. Um, the green is New York next month. That is on. But the red SCOTUS appeal now set for April is the big headline tonight. This is all we're worried about. We are focused on one thing and one thing only. And because we are rabidly obsessed with Donald Trump, we cannot bring you objective news about anything else. And then we're mystified that nobody's watching anymore. This is my favorite. So what could happen next? Give us, give us a worst case scenario. And this is where Andrew Weissman jumps in and says, worst case scenario, the high court's going to, you know, want extra evidence and actually look into this. We want them just to act the way we wish. That's not liberty and justice for all. Go. The worst case scenario is that the court um, takes its time. It says it's going to hear the case the week of April 22nd. It takes its time to issue its decision. Uh, it presumably would issue it by the end of the term, which is the end of June. Um, it obviously could decide at that point that the president is immune. 
or there should be fact finding. Oh, I mean, no. Things that would <gasps> not even resolve the issue. Oh, my gosh. They could dig into it a little bit. They could take something not at face value. That Andrew Weissman says worst case equals he is an operative. And the whole thing is purposeful, pointed, and directed at destruction. But Hunter Biden and his dad, they're the victims. Right. The most epic MSNBC meltdown comes after the short break. Do not go anywhere. You're dialed into the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So MSNBC has this guy on his his name is Ellie Mistal. And he is this large black guy with with white hair. And it's kind of like whose hair does that describe? Does that look like it's like a Don King is Don King. That's what it is. Ugh. Except groomed. Yeah, it's it's purposefully unkempt. That's the style. It's white and it's wild. Um, he's he's a very educated man, uh, but he is MSNBC's justice correspondent, which is so dumb. Because there is no justice in in Joe Biden's America. And he literally loses his mind over the Supreme Court saying, you know, we see some things that perhaps are worthy of our review going forward. We're playing in some dangerous waters when it comes to presidential politics. So here is Ellie Mistel's um, meltdown over the Supreme Court saying, you know what, we're going to jump in here and oh no, this will probably delay the whole trial until after the presidential election. Go. Reason why people like Mark and people like Dahlia seem to have a crystal ball is because they're real because they're realists and they understand the court for what it is. And at some point, people in the media, people at home, and people sitting in the White House have to stop pretending that the Supreme Court is some kind of benign, trying to do its best institution and start to realize that there are six Republicans, not conservatives, Republicans on the Supreme Court who view it as their job to help the Republican Party. And until we do something about that, until we take away that power, until we draw the line on them there, they will continue to do this. They will help Trump. They will take away abortion rights. They will end affirmative action. They will liberalize gun rights. They will do all of it until we stop them. Until we stop them. I hope they have an AED somewhere near the floor there because my man's about to crash. Holy cow, relax, my brother. It's okay. It's all all right. Remember, John Roberts is part of your team. (laughs) Amy Coney Barrett, she's not a shoo-in, right? So just take a pill, chillax, and chew on this, Ellie. Good news. Mitch McConnell has decided he's going to step down. Not from the Senate, because life couldn't be that glorious on this Thursday. But he's going to step down from the leadership position that he has maintained for 17 years. With Suck, um, I'm going to say, as a probably a takeaway theme uh, of that tenure. Here you go, Washington Free Beacon, Mitch McConnell to step down as Senate Republican leader. No, Mitch McConnell needs to step down and retire. Mitch McConnell needs to realize that when he goes into that frozen face statue syndrome, and he's off somewhere else and nobody knows where the hell he is, that's indicative of you're old. And it's okay to be old. It's okay. Nobody expects you to be 25, yo. 
Okay, I'm not. I found a box of Kleenex in the refrigerator the other day, okay? I understand. You're 82. You look like you're 560. Step away. Step away. So here's your story. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell said on Wednesday he would step down from his leadership role, leaving a power vacuum atop the party he has piloted for nearly 17 years, more than any other party leader in the chamber's history. He sucks. I turned to 82 last week. The end of my contributions are closer than I prefer. Well, we all wish they were a lot longer ago. My man, McConnell said on the Senate floor, his voice breaking with emotion. Father time remains undefeated. I'm no longer the young man sitting in the back, hoping colleagues remember my name. It's time for the next generation of leadership. Oh, good. So I'm glad they're bringing two other old guys in to possibly vie for the spot. How about we do something unconventional, right? How about we don't do seniority? Because oftentimes seniority leads to furtherance of suck. How about we vote? How about America decides who should be our House or rather Senate minority leader? Let us do our review, perhaps, of their liberty scores at Conservative Review, which is just a telltale roadmap of how people vote. Do you say that you're conservative every two years, every six years or whatever it is? Or do you vote consistently when nobody is paying attention? Because you are true and you are honorable and you believe in American exceptionalism. That Mitch McConnell is just stepping down. Big deal. We need to carve out the fossils. And anybody out there who would say, well, that means eliminating Donald Trump, too, obviously does not pay attention to how that man operates. And I have no doubt that he not only has the strength, but most assuredly the stamina and the love of country to see the job through. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, let's switch gears a little bit. Dismantling the irreparable harm of the Joe Biden administration. We're going to start in Texas. Ken Paxton. Huge victory that could dismantle multiple multi-trillion dollar spending debacles of Joe Biden. <sighs> Big news next. I know this is going to sound unusual to you guys, but I think that a lot of the problems in this country can be not solely, but some of the blame can be attributed to you and to me, to conservative inaction. Because we didn't stand up and we didn't push back. All we have to do is look at this next generation of children who feel like they can live without consequence, that they don't have to take responsibility for their actions that they are owed something. And if you live in the world of HR and you try to hire any of these individuals onto your company payroll, the degree of entitlement is, I'm going to go with astonishing. People who have not contributed anything, who have no skin in the game, who've done nothing, demand stuff. Because they didn't have parents who said, sit down. 
put a sock in it. They didn't have parents who had parameters. There are lines, and you do not cross them. And if you do, there will be consequences. I remember when I was in high school, and I knew damn well I didn't have a driver's license, and I knew I wanted to drive, so I decided to take my sister's car for a spin. She narked on me. Of course, that's what big sisters do, and I got hosed. And what ended up happening? I had to wait six months to get my driver's license. How did you like that one hour, Wendy? Because it's going to cost you six months. What I did not realize was that had I hit somebody and God forbid killed somebody, that the victim's family could have come after my parents, my dad's business, anything they owned. I didn't think about anything beyond what I wanted right then. That's part of being a child until you're forced to see consequences. And once you're forced to see consequences, your life changes. We have allowed too much crap to go down without standing up and pushing back. Whether we thought somebody else would do it, whether we were afraid of the consequences in our own lives, whatever the reason, we are, at least in part, guilty of what's been going on in this country. And I'm intrigued by the people who are willing to put themselves in the crosshairs in very public fashion to be accused of things, to have their private lives invaded, to see lies and and garbage made up about them. Ken Paxton is one of those people. They had this big Texas move to impeach him, said he was guilty of this and guilty of that until, of course, it came down to the, you know, facts, and there were none. Paxton seems to have a bit of a mission, and this is pretty interesting. It's important that we talk about it, and it's a big story on Breitbart today. Here's your headline. Biden's $1.7 trillion spending bill unconstitutional. So rules a federal court. Now, this is important because it is a very big chink in the armor of this whole Democrat progressive movement of overspending, irresponsible, receiptless, unaccountable spending and might, in fact, unravel the entire expensive can of worms. President Joe Biden's massive $1.7 trillion spending bill passed by Democrats at the end of 2022 is unconstitutional, a federal judge in Texas ruled Tuesday, potentially halting some of Biden's immigration's programs and opening the door to stopping the spending of many billions of dollars of taxpayer money in follow-up lawsuits. Congress passed in 2023. It's omnibus appropriations bill. That's the translation for the kitchen sink fiscal train wreck on December 29th of 2022. But in so doing, House Democrats continued their COVID era policy of allowing members to vote from whatever remote location they were in, even on vacation, instead of being present in the House chamber. 
to cast their votes in person. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton sued, arguing that some of the federal programs being funded by that spending package were causing problems for his Texas, specifically some immigration problems administered by Attorney General Merrick Garland, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Paxton sued over the quorum clause in Article One of the Constitution, which requires a majority of the House's 435 members to be present in order for the House to do business. Judge Wesley Hendricks from the Lubbock Division of the Northern District of Texas ruled Tuesday in favor of Texas. And the judge explained very simply, for over 235 years, Congress understood the Constitution's quorum clause to require a majority of members of the House or Senate to be physically present to constitute the necessary quorum to pass legislation. This rule prevents a minority of members from passing legislation that affects the entire nation. But despite the Constitution's text and centuries of consistent practice, the House in 2020 created a rule that permitted non-present members to be included in the quorum count and vote by proxy. Pursuant to that novel rule, the House passed a a new law included within the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, and that particular provision affects Texas. The court concludes that by including members who were indisputably absent in the quorum count, the act at issue passed in violation of the Constitution's quorum clause, Hendricks declared. Now, The delicious part of this is you have the Democrats working backwards, trying to get Donald Trump to get shackled by some insurrection clause that takes us back to the freaking what? Civil War? (laughs) To say that if somebody has has created, incited or participated in an insurrection and attempted overthrow of the government, that they should never be able to serve in that government. This is the thin little line that they're trying to pull, the thread that they're trying to pull to dismantle Donald Trump, where in reality, what the House did in 2020 was wholly against the Constitution. And ain't it a problem when a Republican attorney general happens to point that out? And the larger implications here are profound. The court concludes that by including members who were indisputably absent in the quorum count, the act at issue, $1.7 trillion of sucky spending, passed in violation of the Constitution's quorum clause. This is what the judge declared. The judge's 120-page opinion. See, this is, this is the maddening part of dismantling what these clowns have done. It's like they've spun this woven web of chaos in every aspect of how America functions and that the, the, the gears have become so gummed up that the machine isn't moving anymore. And so it's a matter of all of us grabbing the tools and going in into the individual gear that represents our slice of America and starting to chip away at it and dismantle it and to oil it again and grease it so it starts moving again. A 120-page opinion, this judge wrote. 
walking through each of the Justice Department's arguments, trying to legally justify the spending and rejecting each one in turn. COVID was just the predicate of a major binge. They, they, they took America's credit cards and they hit Rodeo Drive. And they hit it before the looters could smash the windows and steal everything. And they bought. They bought crazy. And, they, and they, they knew they couldn't pay the bill. So they decided, well, it's all right. We'll just, just tap it onto the backs of America's grandchildren and great-grandchildren who haven't even been conceived. That's been what we've been living with. Texas's challenge involves ordinary constitutional interpretation of a restriction on congressional power, the judge said, when rejecting the political question doctrine, which says that the Constitution puts certain matters in the hands of the elected branches of government, not the judiciary. And he reasoned the court need not engage in policymaking to resolve the merits. Instead, it needs to simply look to the Constitution's text original public meaning and historical practice as courts routinely do look you can't go in there and change the rules you can't say oh my gosh there's an emergency hurry 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 we've got to act it's so their standard operating isn't it create an emergency make sure it has something to do with public safety that invokes widespread fear Use the media to fan the flames of the fear by dropping endless stories, perpetuating its myth, right? And then swoop in on the white horse of salvation like the firefighter arsonist. You set the fire, but you're also wanting to be the hero who puts it out just in the nick of time. Then they want to swoop in with some ridiculous legislation that's not going to do crap for anyone, was never intended to. It's thousands of pages long. It's dropped at midnight. Vote is the next day at nine, and you'll have to pass it to see what's in it with a smirk from Nancy Pelosi. And they got caught. So what will this judge's ruling do? I don't know. Who knows if this is going to open up other litigation to dismantle what you and I all know have led to a bankrupting of our country. It's led to the demise of the value of the dollar bill. It's made us a laughing stock on the global stage. It's made us weak because everybody outside of the confines of these United States can see the feckless disregard for liberty and justice for all at the highest branches of government. And damn it, we didn't get involved early enough to stop it. Now the true fighters are. Mr. Paxton, Mr. Attorney General, I wish you Godspeed, sir, because you're doing what we were too afraid of to do when we come back on the wendy bell radio program gavin newsom oh my gosh he's such a leader isn't he what a great guy oh yeah maybe not anymore a little pay to play going on in gav's world reason 742 california sucks next on the wendy bell radio network California is a beautiful state. Um, Californians are lovely people. I grew up there. 
from five until 18, it was my home. And there, it's just a beautiful place. And it's terrible to watch a beautiful place be flushed down the toilet. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And so these headlines, they are worthy of our view because these are the voices of the people, the egoists, the narcissists who want to be stars. Like, (sighs) MAGA to me is about country. It is about America. Whatever that word means to you, that's what it means. The M doesn't stand for me. And so many of these people who are dangerous, who intrinsically do not have that love, find their way into positions of power And the people are the collateral damage. The same way Hunter Biden is the collateral damage of Joe Biden's dream of being smart or relevant or effective or to be a leader, none of which he is. And Hunter, we could argue, would be part of the collateral damage. California is the collateral damage of Gavin Newsom's delusions of grandeur. So this headline from uh, Gateway Pundit, Newsom exempts Panera Bread from California's new $20 minimum wage law. Their CEO donates to his political campaigns. At, at very core base levels, that is so off the charts, unacceptable, unacceptable. It's Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade spending election campaign donations on lavish trips and then having the audacity to lie about the cell phone pings that show thousands of phone calls and tens of thousands of text messages and then having the audacity to lie. So in Gavin Newsom's California, where everything's going to hell in a handbasket in a hurry, we're to wave the magic wand We're going to say that paying people more money is going to do something to benefit we the people. Basic economics 101 that you can learn in ninth grade tells you that that's not how it works. And oh, oh, that's right. The CEO from Panera gives him cash. California, just just brazen corruption. It's the first line of the Gateway Pundit article. Just brazen corruption. California Governor Gavin Newsom carved out an exemption for Panera Bread from the state's new insane $20 minimum wage because its billionaire CEO, Greg Flynn, donates to his political campaigns. Didn't they impeach Donald Trump because of the whole quid pro Joe, excuse me, quid pro quo allegations? I'm going to do this for you if you do that for me. Well, here it is in your face, and it's slapping you. In September, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a law raising the minimum wage for fast food workers to $20 per hour. Is that maybe why a Happy Meal is 19 bucks, right? Big Mac meal, 
Do you know that if I was going to feed my family of seven and we were going to go and I have all sons, imagine if the six men in my life, I'm going to say, I'm going to take them out to McDonald's. We're going to go and we're going to have, we're going to have dinner. It would be like 150 bucks, right? That's what raising the minimum wage to 20 bucks does. You rock stars in California who go, yeah, 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 this is great. We're going to totally make America fabulous by raising the minimum wage. Nobody can afford that without passing exorbitant price increases onto people. Bing, bang, bang, bang. And I'm not an economist. I know. Shocker, right? 80% of the workforce, these fast food places, 80% of people of color, two-thirds are women, the majority are breadwinners. We have the opportunity to reward that contract. It's the emotion. We need to pay these people more because they're women and they're black, right? It's not fiscally responsible. Eh, that's a fact. Let's talk about the feeling. So, California, what are you doing? Look, if, if you're not part of, of the solution of ensuring that the elections in your state are legitimate, if you're not part of the eye-opening and you're not out there knocking on your neighbor's doors saying, what the hell is going on? If you're not part of the active search for a candidate to replace these individuals, really? Can we sit back and, 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 be, and be angry, really? I don't know. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, who wants to be president someday. Well, hell, at this rate, he's proving he's got all the corrupt cards to pull it off. This is the sort of stuff that I have very little patience with. And it is the number one thing that draws people to Donald Trump. It's that love, not of self, not of ego, not of bank account, but of America. It is liberty and it is justice for all. Facts. We got to talk about something coming up in this hour three, which is fast approaching, my friends, because it's important. America realizes that uh, Joe Biden's drive by photo op at the border. Right. You, you know what that is, because it's all he does. And we're going to juxtapose what Joe Biden is doing at the border with what Donald Trump is doing today at the border. And even the Associated Press freaking sees it. That's next. Hour three of the Wendy Bell radio program.